this morning, I have put together a message that I feel God wants to continue on from last week, and it's around faith. And I've entitled it this, Faith People Do Cool Things. Faith people do cool things. You know what? The world thinks that faith people are crazy people. But as the saying goes, crazy people do crazy things. Well, faith people do cool things. You think about all of the stuff that uh, we read about, and not just in the Bible, but over the, over the generations and even around the world right now. All of the cool stuff that Christians do, it's because they're people of faith. It's because they believe in something that might not necessarily be able to be seen, but they still believe in it. They believe that things that look impossible can become possible. That's cool. That might be crazy to some, but I want to tell you this morning, I think that's cool. And I want to encourage you that faith people do cool things. I want to read to you from Matthew chapter 14 this morning. Do you like my slide? I did that. It was about 2 a.m. And uh, Alaska was in this arm. I was doing these ones. And uh, my right hand on that mouse was doing all these ones. And uh, boom, that's what was produced. (laughs) So you like it? I think it came out pretty good. I hope you've noticed the, the theme of all of my slides have changed for this year. Go on collage to really captivate people while I'm preaching. But uh, let's read the Word of God because it's even more captivating. Amen? Amen. Amen. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. I'm sure you all know this passage very well, but there's so much in it. I love this passage. Jesus said this immediately after this. Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and crossed to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. I just give some context Uh, just before this where it says immediately after this. Well, this is describing the feeding of the 5,000. It was 5,000 men, uh, let alone all of the women and children that were fed on the side of the mountain and uh, an incredible miracle took place. Immediately after that, Jesus insisted, Jesus commanded, he told the disciples to get in the boat. So he, he gave them a command to obey. He told them what he wanted them to do. It was his will for them to get into the boat and to cross to the other side of the lake. And then he sent the people home. And then he didn't go with them. I mean, if I was a disciple, I would have wondered, well, Jesus, how about you? Because <laughs> uh, you're coming, right? <laughs> You're not sending us out without you yet, are you? Because you're still here. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble, far away from land. So they'd been going at it for a little while, for a strong wind had arisen, and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. You think about that. They, they, they had this amazing miracle, and they fed them. Then Jesus sent them home. It would have been, you know, probably just before night so that they could get home in safety. And then Jesus goes and prays for quite a few hours. You know, if it was just for conversation, for preaching, say it was six o'clock, six three till three a.m. It's a long prayer. And he sent them, and he knows what they're going through, and then he decides to come walking on the water. I love this. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, 
Have a think about how you would respond. Have a think about it. You're in a boat full of your friends, your mates, and, uh, you know, in this boat, there was 12 young men, some of them fishermen. So they'd been on a boat once or twice. And it was the Sea of Galilee. They knew it well. So I'm sure they wouldn't have been, you know, uh, trying to, uh, you know, be weak. I'm sure they weren't, were, I'm sure they were, you know, trying to hide uh, the fear. But obviously, the wind and the waves that these guys were fighting were so overwhelming that when their friend Jesus comes walking onto the water, how do they respond? In terrified fear. They were terrified. And in that fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus responded. He spoke to them at once and he said this, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped and the disciples worshipped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it is alive and active. And Jesus, I ask that today that it would bring freedom into our lives. Lord, freedom into our minds. God, that it would stir us up to believe to believe again, and to keep on believing. Lord God, I pray as a church, as a group of people, Lord, as a family, as we walk out of this place today, Lord, that we would not walk out the same as we walked in. Lord God, that we would walk out feeling a little bit lighter and more inspired to keep doing what you have called us to do in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that the faith that we have in you would only be stirred up again if it needs to be stirred up. Lord, that if we have faith in you, Lord, that has been waning a little, Lord God, that it would be stirred up again, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Faith people do cool things. As I was preparing for my message this morning, uh, I came across a joke. I loved it, so I thought I'd share it with you. Uh, it's about a Christian guy. His name is Bill. And uh, Christian Bill uh, saw an ad in the paper for a Christian horse. Um, now, that would have caught me right there. Uh, I'm, I'm just saying, potentially, could be that all horses are Christian. Um, but also, maybe they're not. We don't know. But anyways, Christian Bill saw this ad, and Christian Bill decided he was going to go check it out. So he did. Uh, he goes and checks it out, and the owner said, look, it's, it's really easy to ride uh, the Christian horse. Um, all you say to get him going is, praise the Lord, and, and he goes. And then when you want him to stop, just say amen. It's really simple. So Christian Bill's like, this is unbelievable, <laughs> found a Christian horse, and uh, responds to praise the Lord and amen. So he jumps up on the Christian horse and uh, says, all right, let's do it. Praise the Lord. And the horse starts walking forward. And uh, Bill's like, this is unbelievable. This is why I can't wait to show all my friends my Christian horse. And, uh, and so, you know, the horse is walking along and Christian Bill goes, he goes, 
praise the Lord. And the horse, you know, he goes into a little canter. And uh, it's horse language, if you didn't know. And uh, starts, starts moving on a little bit faster. And, uh, and then he says, man, this, this is so cool. He's just, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And the horse just goes into a full-on gallop and just starts heading off straight down through the field. He was loving it, loving it so much that he didn't see a cliff and, uh, that was coming up. I know, it's a true story. And, uh, and he gets so close to the cliff and he realizes, and Christian, Christian Bill remembers what the owner of the horse said to say if he needed it stop was, what was it? Amen. Amen. That's right. Good. You listen. And uh, so, so Christian Bill yells out the top of his lungs, Amen! And the horse just comes through like grinding, stop like back feet down, just stops before the edge of the cliff. And he goes, oh, phew, praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, there was no more to the story, so I don't know what happened. Can I tell you that creation is amazing? Creation, you, sometimes you just gotta, you just gotta look out in awe and wonder at the beauty, the detail, the depth of life around us. It, it, it's incredible. Who who created the wind? Who created the waves? Who created the storm? The Bible tells us that God created the heavens and the earth, and He created humankind. You know, it takes faith to believe this. But I believe it takes a lot more faith to believe the alternatives. You think about the alternatives. I, personally, I find them quite insulting. Evolution, we'll start there. Um, my, my question always about evolution is, well, um, I don't see apes still becoming human. Um, so if it, if it could happen, it would still be happening and, uh, you know, there'd be, you know, the missing link that they talk about. There'd be a few of them, you know, swinging around. <laughs> and there might be a few of them walking around. And uh, but then there'd be a few more developed a little bit closer to what you and I look like. You know, I'm sure some of you look in the mirror sometimes. You think, you know what? Maybe it was possible. <laughs> Maybe. I'm just thinking out loud. <laughs> I don't know. I, I've never thought that, but maybe some have. You think about evolution... <laughs> Like, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous to think that you and I came from apes. It's, it, it's like the Big Bang Theory. You know, you take your phone apart, just humor me, take your phone apart, pull it apart into every tiny little piece that you can, you can pull apart that phone into. And put it in a box, and you start shaking that bad boy box, all right? And you keep shaking it, and when it gets hot enough, and it turns into a ball of fire, and then bangs back into a phone, you let me know. Because that's how it started. Just a big burning ball of energetic fire just banged into existence. All that we are. And it's still expanding, by the way. It's incredible. Just all started from a big bang. I'd like to know where the apes came from. And I'd also like to know where that fireball came from. You see, all of the theories that remove God simply don't want God in their theory. It's hard for people to, to believe that God created the heavens and earth when they don't want to believe in God. But you see, I, I believe that Jesus is the answer to that. I believe the good news is the answer to that. I believe that the Great Commission is the solution to all of this. But it does take faith. 
You know, my father-in-law has this flower that recently bloomed. It's called the Night Blooming Sirius. Does anyone have one of those or know what I'm talking about? You know, that, you know this flower only blooms once a year and only at night. It's incredible. And we happened to be uh, there and we went out and we took a whole bunch of photos. I've got them on my phone. I can show you after if you're interested. Unbelievable. The, the intricate detail in this flower that I would hazard a guess that 99.9999% of the humankind population would never get to enjoy, would never have seen one, would never know. And there was five of them staring at me. My, my father-in-law is uh, a real green thumb, like incredible. Their garden is like just this ridiculous oasis. It's, it's from front of the property to the back. It's, it's unbelievable. I, I finally convinced him that there's too much garden. We need a bit more grass and uh, less weeding, you know, and he's jumping on board with my theory too. And, uh, you know, mowing is quicker than weeding. Anyways, it's incredible. The night blooming serious. You know, the absolute awe and wonder of creation all around us. You know, to think that we would need eyebrows and then an eyelid and then eyelashes and then solution and tear ducts to just stop dust and dirt from irritating our eyes points to a creative designer who loves us. Like everything around us points to creative, designed brilliance. You think about all the creative people in the world, they create stuff. Well, we're made in his image. We are able to be creative because of who we are. You know, no one has discovered what is the fundamental makeup of life. The closest they've got to is atoms. And the makeup of atoms, they say most of it is empty space. And it's made up of electrons and quarks. Quarks being made up of neutrons and protons. But, but they can't, they can't, they don't think anything, they think that is the base of life. They can't find anything that's holding that together. Well, I want to put to you that the Bible has the answer for it. It's the breath of God. The electricity, the energy that holds everything together, every atom, every fiber of everything that is in existence is held together by the breath of God. God is in it and it is all in Him. The Bible says this in John chapter 1, verses 1 to 5, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness... And the darkness can never extinguish it. In verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh. The Word is Jesus, my friends. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. God in human form. Faith. Faith. What is faith? Well, Hebrews 11.1 1 defines it like this. It says, faith shows us the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Hope and evidence. We can't see it, but we can believe for it. We can't see it, but I can hope for it. 
what you're hoping for, the act of hoping and the evidence of what you can't see yet, that's faith. That's faith. You know, when I jumped out of a plane, it took faith. It took faith that I didn't actually really get a chance to exhibit because on the count of three, mm -mm, no, on the count of two. Well, the guy that was tandeming with me, it's like, all right, I was freaking out, man. I was white knuckling the handles of that plane. Like, I hate heights at the best of times. I don't know what talked me into it or who talked into it. I can't even remember the first time I skydived. Three, three times I've done this. Crazy, it's ridiculous, it's stupid. Heading up, I'm just like, just everything is running through my mind. Everything. And I'm pretty sure there's other stuff running as well. I get to the edge of the plane. And I'm white knuckling. I'm holding on. And he goes, he goes, look, for safety, you've you got, got to hold the straps here. I reckon that was a lie. I'm, I'm pretty confident it was a lie. Anyways, I'm thinking, man, when he gets the three, I'm going back to those handles. I'll just, I can just go back down the plane. It'll be a joy fly. It'll be so good. It'll be awesome. I'll just say, yeah, something happened. Couldn't make it. You know, it's all good. I made it back down anyway. Now, on two, he went. One. And I'm thinking, I've got him. Two. Boof. Man, can I tell you what, though? If you've never skydived, you need to skydive. <laughs> Falling down at over 200 kilometers per hour from 14,000 feet. Just, oh, like the, the, the adrenaline that kicks in is next level. It is unbelievable. I'm like, man, that was created by God, too. It's so much fun. And you are just falling. <laughs> and like the ground is just getting closer and closer. And then all of a sudden, poof, it hurt a little bit, I will say. Those things are not very comfortable. But I got down and I came down. It took faith for me to trust that the guy knew what he was doing, that the parachute was going to open, that the secondary parachute would open if the first one didn't open. It took faith. You know, you guys exhibit faith all the time. Whether you think you're a faith person or not, when you sat down on your chair today, you exhibited faith in that moment. Now, you've probably sat on the chair once or twice before, or maybe it's your first time you haven't sat on this chair, but, but they look pretty good. And you probably noticed a lot of other people sitting. They weren't like checking the chair out and, you know, like testing things. I mean, you might do that if you're around a campfire. You know, oh, I don't know, you know. Like some chair you might think twice about. But not these chairs, these are good chairs. You get in the car, you have faith. We place faith in people, we trust people, we look to people, we exhibit faith all the time. I, uh, I taught uh, the youth leaders uh, an exercise. Uh, guys, why don't you come and get ready? Um, Jack, I'll need a chair uh, for this. You can just put it over here maybe or something. Uh, it's, it's called the trust fall. And... Uh, these guys uh, know about this because they've done it with me. Um, Kayla, Joe, yeah, maybe come a bit closer to the, to the stage. Um, I don't want to be kissing uh, <laughs> Liam in the face there. But uh, what, what, what the exercise is, is you, is, you, uh, is, you, is you trust your fellow people. You put your, you put your trust in them. You put, you put your weight into them. You, you lean on them. It's faith. It's trust. And it, it's, it's scarier if you, if you can't see. If, if you don't know. 
if, if you like, I wonder. And you might even start playing the what if game. What, what, if, what if Jack's prepping to stitch me up? <laughs> what, what, what if Jack has told the youth leaders, let's get him? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But you place, you got to place your faith and your trust in people. <laughs> Come on, give a round of applause. You guys can put me down. <laughs> Ruben, I appreciate you catching my blessed assurance there. That was very good of you. Thankfully, strategically placed the girls. My first point this morning is this faith in what you can't see. Well, uh, God, nah, I, I don't believe in God. I only believe in stuff that's tangible. Stuff that, you know, I can, I can see, hear, feel, taste, touch. Well, you know, lots of you believe in love. What about gravity? Well, you don't believe in God, well, I don't believe in gravity. You can't see it. Can you see gravity? No one can see gravity. So just because someone says something doesn't mean it's true. Just because people believe in something doesn't make it truth. You know, well, I don't believe in gravity. Well, you know what? You could probably find a really tall building and test it out. Maybe drop something off of it. Just because someone says something doesn't mean it's true. See, you can see the effect of gravity. And I would put to you all this morning, you can see the effect of God. Over 2.3 billion people in the world right now believe in the Christian God. Just over 80% of our current population believe in a deity. So the other 20%, I'm not sure which group of people you would call crazy. You know, just purely based on statistics. But more humans believe that there is someone out there. And the majority of them believe in the Christian God. Because I believe it takes greater faith to believe in a life without God, to believe that there is no purpose or, or reason for us to exist, that there is no reason why I'm here and there's no place to look forward to, that there, there is just no purpose to life. I think it takes more faith to believe in that than to believe the alternative, that God is real, that He does love earth, that He does love humankind, that He does have a plan for our lives, that He does want the best for us, and He has made it possible for us to endure it, to get through what you and I are going through. You see, when Jesus was raised from the dead and visited the disciples for the second time, Timothy, one of the twelve, he couldn't believe that it was possible because he'd never seen it before. And then Jesus comes into the room. He's there. He's like, Timothy, oh, all right, maybe the other 11 weren't lying to me. Because he'd said, you know, unless I touch the, the holes in his hands where the nails went, unless I put my hand in his side, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not trusting you guys. And then Jesus comes into the room. He says, Timothy. Timothy didn't even need to touch him anymore. He saw him. Thomas. Thomas. Sorry, forgive me for my four hours of sleep. Thomas. Thomas. Thomas the doubter. Jesus said in response to him, Thomas, Tommy, Tom, little Tommy, blessed are those who will believe without seeing. 
You know, when you start to lose your faith for something because you haven't seen God come through for you, I want to encourage you to hold on. When you start to struggle in your faith when you've been believing for someone, I want to encourage you to hold on. Just because you haven't seen a change yet doesn't mean you're not going to. Don't lose faith for the things that you have been believing for. Keep on believing. Even if, even if you don't receive it, can I tell you that the reward that you and I will receive, the fullness of His inheritance, it is awesome. The gift of eternal life, of our salvation. Everything that we could ever hope for is to come. Don't give up. Hold that faith. Come on, church, God will not be mocked. The Bible says, let me give you a couple of verses. Bible says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 9, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Hebrews 10, verse 37 to 39, for in just a little while, the coming one will come, not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away, who shrink back from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. My second point is this, faith at all times. Faith at all times. You know, it's easy to have faith in the easy times. Because it's easy. But it's hard to have faith in the hard times. It's hard to have faith when it's been going along for a little while. It's hard to have faith when what you were hoping for just hasn't come. And, or maybe, maybe something's come for someone else, but what you've been hoping for still hasn't come. When it gets hard, that's when it takes a lot of extra effort to keep the faith. The faith to walk on water. What stopped the others from walking on water? Fear. You know, I remember when I walked on water. Yeah, said no one ever. It's like, hadn't been done. Still hasn't been done. Peter got to walk on water because he exhibited faith. Miracles take place when we place our faith in Jesus. Think about that. If Peter had not have got out of the boat, he would not have walked on water. He got out of the boat. He had to decide, I'm not going to stay here. I'm going to, if this is Jesus, Lord, you tell me to come, I'm coming. So Jesus responded. There's two things going on for the disciples here, fear of the elements and fear of man. Can I tell you that for the fear of the elements, Jesus is the answer. He calmed the storm and he'd done it before. Back in Matthew chapter 8, when he was asleep in the boat, a storm had arisen and they woke him and he got up. With the same response, why do you have such little faith? So he was trying to teach them and train them that it's not about the circumstance. It doesn't matter about what's going on. It matters about who's in the boat with you. It matters about where your eyes are fixed, about, about who you are placing your faith in. See, at that point, the, the disciples were, were, were placing their faith in what they were holding on to. But Peter was the only one that was willing to take his hands off of the boat and to step out and to walk to the one that he knew he could place his faith in. 
Maybe, just maybe, what you're believing for is being inhibited by what you are holding on to. Are you holding on to Jesus? Are you holding on to the Word of God? Are you holding on to that promise? Because you see, in this moment, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. So it was the Word that was walking toward them. And it was the Word that came and stood before them, and it was with the Word that was spoken, come, you see, Peter had a choice in that moment. Do I, do I place my faith in the Word or do I allow the fear of what's going on around me to hold me back? Come on, if you've been given a Word, you can hold on to that Word. If you believe you've got a Word from God, you can hold on to that Word because holding on to that Word is what's going to see you through, not holding on to what you think will get you through that storm. Now, I love that Jesus didn't calm the storm first. You notice this. He waits until Peter has got out of the boat, walked, sunk. Jesus has reached out. He's grabbed him. He's walked him back to the boat. He's had a conversation. And then he calms the storm. You see, your miracle is not when the storm stops. What you're believing for doesn't need the circumstance around you to necessarily change. Because it's not the circumstance that's going to bring you a miracle, it's the Word. The second fear is the fear of man. Well, Jesus is the answer there too. Fear Him who can judge your soul, Jesus said. Fear, don't fear man. Fear the one who can judge your soul. Don't fear the ones that can just touch your body, kill your body. Fear the one that can touch your soul. You know, maybe the miracle you're believing for will take some faith and some action. You can't just have faith. You've got to put it into action. Peter heard the word, but he had to respond. He could have heard the word and done nothing about it. He could have heard the word and just kept on trying to row. He could have heard the word and grabbed his friend and held on to your life. You know what? Maybe he'll sink first and I won't. You know, Peter, Peter could have done a whole lot of other things, but Peter heard the word and he responded to the word and he went to the Word. You've got to put your faith into action. Who created Peter? Who created man? The Word did. God did. Jesus did. You know, Jesus knew that there was going to be a storm when he told his disciples to get into the boat. He checked, hey Google, what's the weather going to be like on the Sea of Galilee? Like he knew. He knew the forecast. He knew what he was sending his disciples into. He knew that he was going to send us into storms. He knew what your life was going to look like. He knew the twists and the turns that you were going to endure, but he sent you forth and he gave you a word. And the word was the answer and the word still is the answer today. He knew what he was going to do and he knew that he was going to bring them the solution at his word, miracles can happen. See, after Peter had walked on the water, after Jesus reached out and saved him, and after they had both then walked back to the boat, and when they climbed into the boat, then the wind stopped. You don't need the storm to stop. You need a word from God. 
The word is bigger than the storm. You can trust in the word. You can trust in Jesus. He is trustworthy. Because despite the circumstance of the storm, despite the fear of man, despite what people might think of you, despite the the issue that you are enduring right now, despite what you are going through, you don't need all of that to stop to see the miracle come to pass. All you need to do is to place your faith and trust in the Word of God because the Word is bigger than everything that is around you in the world. Come on, Jesus is bigger. He is bigger. He is mightier. He is more victorious. He is more than able to do what you need Him to do despite all that you are going through. Come on, nothing can beat Jesus. He's awesome. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's mightier. He is able to do what you need Him to do. You know, Abraham never saw all of his promises fulfilled. He saw Isaac, but how could he have seen it all? He'd still be alive today. I mean, I mean, we heard last, last week from Pastor John that Isaac was pretty old when a lot of stuff went down. Well, he'd be extremely old right now. Like, he would be, I don't know, ancient of days, almost. Like, like to, to live that long. Like, it's, it, it's, that's not possible. That's only for God. You know, whether we see the result of our faith now or not should not determine living a life void of faith. We must live with faith. Jesus is trustworthy. You can put your faith in Him. My last point is this, the faith to see people saved. You know, you might not be able to see it yet, but I can. I can see 2,500 people worshipping in Morrowfield. I can see it. I can believe for it. I know it can happen because I know it's not too big for the God that I serve. I can see two and a half thousand people worshipping an emerged church Moray field, seeing awesome things happen every day of the week. Miracles taking taking place. Answers to all of the issues around us just being sent out into the community and and the community recognizing that Jesus is the answer. I can see it. I can see the biggest building on Morayfield Road being the house of God. I can see it taking place. You know, for some of you, you might not have been able to see it when you were in the cinemas carrying the entire church up and down those stairs every single Sunday morning. But could you see that just across the road was a building that God was preparing for you so that you didn't have to walk up those stairs every single Sunday, setting up a mum's room and a feeding TV and the kids' church and cutting up the, the watermelon and the communion and getting all ready in that tiny little thing that they described as a kitchenette and then taking the stage panels down the stairs and then around the corner and around the other three corners down the ramp around the last corner all the way into the bottom of the cinema number eight and setting it up the cables through the windows could you see back then that what God would do for us right here right now in this place today well can you see what he can do for us tomorrow can you see what he can do for us by the end of this year can you see what God can do for us next year he is trustworthy and he's building his church you know miracles aren't for us to receive and squander they're for us to share and to give and to bring others to know Jesus the reality of the story is that the boat still got to the other side you got to read all the way to the end 
Because in my mind, that's what the purpose of this was all about, was to, to train the disciples that they can place their full faith and trust in Jesus. And they get to the other side. And all of the, the people of that region that last time Jesus showed up, begged him to go away, this time imploring him to stay. And they sent out word to bring all of the sick of that region to come. And they was like, please just let us touch the hem of your garment. The reality of that story is that was the mission of Jesus in mind. They had sent them over to the other side to do something, to see something take place. And it was souls being saved. You know, to see the people of this region saved, it might not be as nice and fun as you think. It might take a storm before we see it through. But can I tell you that our God is going to see us through? You know, or you might walk into this place, you might, you know, well, you know what? That's my chair. That's where I worship. You might have to park a park property and walk to church. Like you might have to wait a couple of extra minutes to get that barista coffee. Like someone might, might worship the wrong way. Someone might pray a prayer that should not be prayed. Like someone might say something to you that just should not be said in the presence of the holy saints. Like they might use a word that should just not be used in the house of God. It might look like a storm, but I can tell you that the Word has come and the Word is with us and the Word is going to get us through. Amen? Man, come on. Can I get the band to come back up, please? You know, growing means growing pains. Growing means lives being changed. Growing means freedom flowing. Growing means families never being the same. Growing means history being changed for people's lives. You know, growing means that, that maybe the next new person that walks through that door is going to be the next person that's going to change your life forever. Maybe the one that you, they've been the one that you've been waiting for. Maybe they're the one that's going to be the answer to your miracle, that what they've got is what you need. Maybe the next person that walks through that door is going to be the one that you're going to spend the rest of your life together. Maybe they're going to be the one that you're going to start a business with and start to change the local region. Maybe they're going to be the one that are going to see incredible things happen in your family because they've been sent by God to minister to you. Growing means things are happening. Growing means that hell is being plundered, the heaven is being populated, and the cross is producing what, was it, what it was intended to produce. Come on, think about that. Who would have thought when you were carrying all that stuff up those stairs every week, that just around the corner, God had something in store for you. A sanctuary, a place that you could walk into and it was already set up. What we're believing for is not impossible for your God. Can the sun stand still with a prayer? Can walls fall down with a shout? Can water become a wall and the ground beneath become dry in a moment? Can a storm cease with one word, peace? Can the deaf hear? Can the blind see? Can the dead be raised to life? Can your family be saved? Can your workplace know breakthrough? Can your friends come to know Jesus? Can your boss surrender their knee to the King of Kings? Can your healing that you need be healed in the presence of Jesus? Come on, for what is impossible to man is possible to God. 
Jesus is the answer. In relationship with Jesus, you will live forever. In relationship with Jesus, you will inherit the gift of salvation, the inheritance of eternal life, the reward for all that you have done for Him, for the people around you. Come on, church, let's enjoy our walk with God. Let's enjoy walking as a people of faith and believing for more, believing for what is impossible to those around us, to the believe that you can see it happen. You can do what you feel called to. I'm here today to tell you that you might have started to struggle in your faith. You might have started to give up in your faith. You might have started to let go of the Word and started to take hold maybe of an oar or the edge of a boat or to someone sitting next to you. But can I encourage you to let go of that and to take hold again of the Word because the Word is the answer to your issue. The Word is the answer. The Word is the solution to your circumstance. It is the Word of God that is able to get you through. Don't worry about what people might think of you. Don't worry about what people might say of you because I can tell you that faith people do cool things. Come on, you can be that person that can get up out of that boat and can walk on that water. You can be the one that can pray the prayers, that can see something shift in your family. You can be the one that can see something happen that seems impossible, but in God, it is possible. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet this morning? We're going to worship Him just for a moment. And I am going to open up the altar this morning. Because I wholeheartedly agree with what Janine said this morning in that testimony video. That God is everywhere. I hope I proved that to you today. And He can do it where you are. But sometimes it's staying where you are that holds you back. Sometimes it's, it's putting your faith into action. And ignoring the fears around you that shifts you into gear to see something happen. So this morning, I'm going to pray in just a moment. And as I pray and as the band worships, I want you to come out the front because this is what the altar call is for this morning. Two things. Number one, freedom from fear. Lies from the pit of hell. Or simply just the fear of your fellow man. Fear of judgment. I'm going to pray this morning if that's on you, that it's going to come off you that you're not going to be one crippled with fear any longer. When you want to get up, when you want to stand up, when you want to fight, when you want to pray that prayer that you know that needs to be prayed, and that voice comes in and starts to cripple you. I've been praying for you, church, this morning, that that fear is going to come off of your life in the name of Jesus Christ. And the second thing that I've been praying for this morning for you is for those of you that need faith to be stirred again to believe for something that you can't achieve. Something that you need your God to come through for you in. Maybe a dream that you once had that you've let go of. I want that dream to be resurrected today. Or maybe it's just that the faith that you have once had has begun to start to, to fade and to wane. I want to pray that that faith is stirred again.